Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. We're starting a new series, and this, this new series, which is titled Be Like Jesus, is actually part of, it's actually the first section of the first sermon that Jesus ever preached. The Sermon on the Mount has many sections. This, these, uh, um, some people have called this the Beatitudes. This section is the first section, and there are some very unique features um, to Um, these kind of special attitudes that God wants to give us. Now, let me say this. This is, it's, it's is September and we're kind of getting back to the normal flow of our lives. As we start this, I want to encourage you to take this series and make it like one of the most important parts of your fall season. And you're going to see why in a, a few moments. Let me highlight some of the unique features of this first section of his first sermon. Okay, there are three key things I want to point out to you as you go and read, read these over again and meditate on them and think about them and pray over them and talk to the Lord about them and talk to your family about them. And so here's some unique features. First of all, in the Beatitudes, the Lord gives us eight kingdom pathways to blessing and happiness. Eight pathways to blessing and happiness. These pathways are taken or should be taken into the form of attitudes or disposition that you and I can learn and develop for our lives. What we're talking about, you may not have it, but you can learn it. And if you learn it, you will step into a whole new level of blessing and happiness. Literal happiness, but biblical happiness. And so these are powerful. And here's the thing that you're going to discover is that these attitudes that we're going to unpack over the next eight weeks, these attitudes are actually shockingly opposite from the way the world lives. So get your, get your head and your heart ready for opposites. These are opposites because the kingdom of God is opposite from the kingdoms of this world, even though he's the king of all kingdoms. I'm going to say amen. Hallelujah. Get, gear yourself toward opposites. Number two, their focus is on our spiritual, mental, and emotional state of being. Believe it or not, the first section of the first sermon that Jesus ever preached was like a seminar on mental health. And, and, and as, we, as we think about the days that we're living in, as we think about the mental health crisis, okay, because of how difficult and crazy our times are, here's what the word of the Lord is to you. You can be happy. You can be blessed. 
You can be joyful. You can stand on the rock Christ Jesus. And no matter what kind of craziness is happening, how many know the children of the Most High God can be happy and blessed? How many want to receive that by faith? So I want to encourage you to really drill down on this because man are times kind of crazy. If you feel like, man, I've really been struggling with my overall um, emotional state, this will really help you if you press in. This will really, really help you if you draw near in light of these truths. Literal happiness. Here's the last thing. This series, these verses are meant to show us how a blessed, fortunate child of the king can live. We can live happy. We can live joyful. We can. Jesus is the son of God and you will find all of these like they will shout at you in the life of Jesus. They will shout at you in the way he responded to things. So what this series is all about is this series is teaching us how to be like Jesus. How many wanna be like Jesus, amen? That's what we want, we wanna be like Jesus. And so that's what we're going to be walking through for the next few weeks and I'm so excited about it. But let, let me just, let me, because I've got to do this quickly. When the Bible says, blessed are, eight times, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, we're going to use a different translation that the word is interchangeable. It's, it actually says happy are, okay? And it's correct. Blessed and happy in this, in this context is correct. And so there are, here's what blessed means. Blessed means happy and fortunate because of the favor of God. Okay? So imagine Jesus, Jesus uh, speaking to multitudes, and the first thing he says is, happy and blessed. Happy and blessed are those who enter in to the favor of God. In fact, what it means is, oh, how happy. Like I, you know, as I was studying this, I was blown away by what this really means. The word is makarios. It means supreme happiness, divine joy, perfect happiness reserved for the divine. In those days, for him to use the word makarios, he was almost like talking about something that was other world. So he was talking about something that was reserved for the gods. And now Jesus comes in and he's bringing the kingdom of God. And here's what he's saying. Okay. What he's saying is, oh, how happy and blessed are those who walk in the favor of God. And if you're a child of God, how many know we're in the favor of God? Hallelujah. Every time you read the word happy, you got to understand what this means. This is why I need to introduce this clearly, okay? Worldly happiness comes 
The, the word happy, happy in the world, it comes from lucky happenings. Okay, this is not that kind of happiness. That's the world uh, uh, gets happy when things go well. This goes way beyond that. Look at what William Barclay said as he defined this word. Biblical happiness is a state of blessing and joy which is serene, untouchable, and self-contained. Imagine this week, you walking in a happiness that is serene, like calm, untouchable, and self-contained. It doesn't need anything from the outside. It's just you and Jesus, and you are blessed and happy in the favor of God. Somebody say amen. And so this is huge because the, the, the definition of happy and fortunate because of the favor of God is something that is available to each and every one of us. So let's read the first one. Go home and read all of them. I'm always going to have two translations for you. Today we're going to use the good news and the new living, um, and then we'll pray. But listen to this. Good news translation says, and you guys know I've been reading the good news translation. That's why we, that's one of the ways we got to this series. Happy. Everybody say happy. happy. I want you to get used to the word happy. Okay. Christians are not supposed to be grumpy. We're supposed to be, everyone, happy. We're supposed to be happy. I mean, you got Jesus, let's be happy. Happy are those who know they are spiritually poor. Here comes the opposite. Happy are those who know they are spiritually poor. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Okay, the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Now, let me just say something real quickly here about this. Notice when you're reading the progression, happy are those. This is a unique kind of person who know. Happy are those who know, who know what? That they are spiritually poor. Who wants to be poor? There's the opposite. And then the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Now, here's what this means. We'll pray in a moment. The first, the first beatitude, to say it in a classic sense, is actually the gateway to all things kingdom. This one is the gateway. This one is the one that opens everything up. When, when uh, Chrissy and I took the kids to Disney World, and when we went to Disney World, they had these bands that you put on, and it has a Mickey face on it, and that band became like the pass. When you went into the park, you had to go like this, and it would light up, and you got in, and when you went on a ride, you put the, you put, and it was like a pass into all of these great adventures for the kids. What we're talking about today is the pass that gets you into the abundance of the riches of the glory of the kingdom of God. So this is powerful and it's wonderful. Let's, let's read real quickly the other, the other uh, translation 
which is the NLT, God blesses, same word, those who are poor and realize their need for him. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For their, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So when Jesus stood up and said, blessed are the poor that we've heard many times in English, here's what he was saying, and this will be the title of today's message, is happy are the lacking. Happy are the lacking. Oh, snap, that is really opposite. So let's pray for a moment. We've prayed a lot. But let's pray and let's ask the Lord to give us his, the first kingdom attitude that we really need. I really, really, really need this for my life. My wife needs it. All of us, we really need it. And this is being offered to us by our loving Savior. This will impact your decisions. This will impact your lifestyle. This will impact everything. It'll impact your outcomes and your future. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless this word. Teach us how to become poor in spirit. God, it truly is the pathway to happiness and blessing. And so, Lord, I, I just, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come by your mighty power to go into, go through computer screens, go through even someone watching on the phone. And Lord, minister by the power of the Holy Spirit this truth that we all desperately need and that you desperately want for us. You came not so that we would be miserable, but so that we would be blessed and happy. So God, we claim this for ourselves and for all of our loved ones. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen and amen. So this gateway, I want to say very quickly, is different from the world, okay? Every once in a while, we get a quick view of someone in the world who's actually reached the pinnacle of success, and they still declare their unhappiness. Uh, um, Alexander the Great, in his early 20s, actually wept and ended up dying because there were no more kingdoms to conquer, after all of that accomplishment, he came to a place of destitution and emptiness. It's because no matter where you get to in this world, it will not deliver. It will not satisfy. This past Sunday, Tom Brady, who's won seven Super Bowls. They call him the GOAT, the greatest of all time. He won again in the last minute. He's 44. He's amazing. Absolutely amazing athlete. Well, after his third Super Bowl and after having everything, he was 27 years old, there's a clip from 60 Minutes. I want to play this, this two-minute clip for you. Listen to this. Can you go out to restaurants? If I have the energy to deal with, you know, putting a happy face on. Sometimes I don't feel like that. Now, you seem a bit the reluctant star. Well, the problem is it's, you can't have one without the other. You can't have the football team and not the other stuff. So in a lot of ways, I've created this myself. <laughs> it's what you always wanted. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It has. 
And I didn't think it came with all the other baggage, though. The most eligible bachelor in America. Well, it's very flattering. Um, but at the same time, I don't think I sleep any better at night. Being that. No way. Do you mean like alone or not alone? <laughs> what did you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But with all that money, fame, and career accomplishments, we were surprised to hear this from him. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I love playing football, and I love being the quarterback for this team. And, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of other parts about me that I'm trying to find. How many know Jesus is the answer? Come on, put your hands together and know Jesus is the answer. So look, as you watch online, whether you're young or old, I'm telling you right now, whatever your Super Bowl is, if it's not Jesus, it ain't going to deliver. Everybody has their own Super Bowl. But when you get there, and it's good, it's, it's, it's great to accomplish, it's great to attain and achieve, but I'm telling you right now, we are the most blessed people because Jesus is inside of our hearts. We have Jesus, and he'll be with us for all of eternity. Hallelujah. Jesus is better than all the rest. I say that to the atheist. I say that to the person who's a doubter, the skeptic. Jesus, search it out for real. And you'll discover that Jesus is better than all the rest. Hallelujah. I was talking to a young man um, in D.C. a few weeks ago. And he's about to, thinking about getting married. Super sharp, super gifted, already successful. And I told him, look. Your success will not feed you and it won't feed your children when you have them. Only the fruitfulness that comes from a life with Christ. Fruit will feed your family. Success never will. And that's what's offered to us in Christ. Amen? So let's take the next few moments and learn about what it means to be poor in spirit. First of all, the poor in spirit understand. The poor in spirit understand. Because the kingdom of God is so opposite from the world that we live in, it's something that we have to learn. It's something we have to grow to understand. This is not natural to me. It's not natural to you. It's not natural to any human being. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven. A kingdom that we weren't born into. We were born into the flesh. But there's an understanding. Even the Apostle Paul had to learn this. The Apostle Paul, arguably the greatest Christian who ever lived, went through a season of hardship and difficulty. And he was saying, God set me free. And God was saying, no, you need to understand. Look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
My power, God's power is made perfect in our weakness. So here's what Paul did. He said, therefore, now I learned. And what I learned was this. I'm gonna boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. God wants to fill us with his power, but we have to understand our weakness. We have to understand how great our need of God really is. Andrew Murray, in the book Humility, if you've never read the book Humility, can I tell you something? It will be the best $6 you ever spend. Pastor Simler used to tell us it should be read once a year. Powerful, read it slowly, chapter by chapter. Look at what Andrew Murray said. He said, here is the path to the higher life. Down, lower, down. Just as water always seeks and fills the lowest place, so the moment God finds men abased and empty, his glory and power flow into exalt and to bless. When we empty ourselves of self, that's when God can fill us with himself. You see, when we release ourselves and this world, then God releases his kingdom to us. As long as you hold on to self, all you're gonna have to live with is yourself. Now here's what this doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that we feel down upon ourselves. It doesn't mean we put ourselves down. It doesn't mean that, that uh, uh, we're always uh, self-critical. That's not what this means at all. It means that you are aware of your desperate need of God. Uh, I had the privilege of being in Winston Churchill's uh, museum and I saw this quote that I just fell in love with. Look at how Winston Churchill put this concept. He said, we are all worms, but I do believe that I am a glowworm. <laughs> Everybody say, I am a glowworm. If you're a child of God, you are a glowworm. We're called to glow, to shine for Jesus. It's something to be happy about, hallelujah. But we want Jesus to shine, not us. We want Jesus to get the glory, not us. We want him to be seen. That's why we pray, hide us behind the cross. I glory, he said, in the cross. But look, you have to understand. This is something that you gotta really get in your head. And can I tell you something very quickly here? When you don't understand this, you will make a lot of bad decisions. You will make choices when you make yourself independent of God, whether it be a reaction or a great decision, you're gonna make bad decisions. That's why, can I tell you, this series has just put me under the table about 12 times, 50 times. Because our greatest need is our need of God. We need to live. God, help us to live. It doesn't matter what you know. It doesn't matter what you've done. We still need Jesus. There's always a twist and turn to life that we cannot predict. Only Jesus knows what's ahead. 
And so this kind of state of, man, I need the Lord is so important. We're not talking about a poverty mentality. A poverty mentality means that you're down on yourself and that you say, I shouldn't, um, I don't deserve anything. I shouldn't be blessed. That's not what that means. On the contrary, God wants to bless, you know, God, God doesn't want you to live in a state of physical poverty. He wants you to live in a state of abundance. But your heart should always be in a state of spiritual poverty. Let me give you a, a like quick example. I was thinking about, I could give you like so many examples, even of wonderful people in our church. We have a, a brother in our church. I wonder if he's here right now. His name is Henry Domersant. So Henry Domersant is he actually coaches uh, with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, he coaches um, one of their minor league teams. And um, uh, so I say Henry Dom Domersant, you guys don't know that. If I was in Europe, in certain circles, I said Henry Domersant, you don't understand. That's like saying Kobe Bryant. That's like saying like a, a superstar. And Henry Domersant went to Europe. He was an absolute superstar in Europe. Pastor Jake was with him one place where there were all of these superstar athletes. And um, one of the superstars of our day came up to Henry and was like, yo, I was in Turkey. I had your poster on my wall growing up. Like, I mean, this dude, this, you know, and he's so quiet. I and mean, you would never know. Here, you, you gotta, this dude is a shark. Imagine him, all those daggers, building filled with people. They're good, you know, the, uh, the whole, uh, uh, not, not with the home team. Uh, and, you know, as a visitor, they're saying all of these things, and he's going dagger, boom. I, I went to a White Sox game. I'm really di digressing here. And there were these two kids. They were playing the Yankees. There were these two kids with Yankee jerseys on, and they were like nine years old, and they, the White Sox won that day. And when we were leaving, the two kids were just inconsolable, crying, yelling, screaming. And I was just laughing my head off. Their parents were laughing their head off. They were just brokenhearted. I was, so I think, how many kids did Henry send home crying? <laughs> you would never know. You know, he doesn't walk around. Right now, as he coaches, guess what? He does Bible studies for superstar athletes. You know, and he ministers to them and he's praying for them and he's doing all of these things. And there are all of these special people in this room, all of these special people watching online and nobody needs to know. Nobody needs to have, you don't have to be famous, but you can be filled with the glory and power of God and you'll be used, hallelujah, in amazing ways. One day, the fame that you really long for will come from Christ himself. He will say, well done, my what? Good and faithful servant. How many are waiting for that day? Come on, put your hands together. Real quickly, by contrast, and then we're gonna close in a moment, but by contrast, we had a, we had a, a businessman come help us when Pastor Matt was here and we were trying to do some, uh, some stuff with business. And someone from his network came. He happened to be a, a, a believer. But you know, it was an interesting, uh, uh, you don't know his name. It was many, many years ago, so I'm not dissing him. 
but this is really good for all of us. So he came and uh, we were presenting what we're doing and all of the above, and it was about an hour and a half meeting, and it was an hour and a half condescension. It was interesting, it was like, hey guys, you know, would you guys look at this beautiful building? So we walked in the building and he said, you know, they have these lights that they turn off automatically so that when people walk out of the room, you don't waste electricity. And I was like, really? Thank you so much. (laughs) Hour and a half of that, you know, hour and a half of that. And it was, it was so interesting to me because here's, here's how I started to get it after about 35 minutes. It was like, this is not about him, Al. This is about a test for you. This is you. And it was like, hey, whatever he says, just eat it because you might get one good nugget. So it's like, come on and give me a nugget. I'm waiting. Waiting for the nugget. And one of the ways that we see how poor in spirit we are is when someone who's rich in spirit deals with us. Be careful. Be careful. Because while we look at the weaknesses in others, it's actually highlighting our, our lack of spiritual poverty ourselves. You know, a good dose of condescension is healthy for everyone. (laughs) A good humbling moment is good for everyone. You know, because it causes you to say, that's all good. I'm just a worm. Everybody say, I'm just a worm. Yeah, write it down. It's good for you. Happens. So the first thing is we need to understand. Imagine a fall filled with happiness just by saying, I'm so empty today, Lord. Would you please fill me? Just fill me, Lord. Here's the second thing very quickly. I gotta close this fast. The poor in spirit live with a grateful flexibility. A grateful flexibility. What that means is, is that when when God does things for us, we immediately acknowledge that he's done it. When God blesses us or uses us, we acknowledge that he's done it. We build the altar, we worship him, and we take no credit. Everyone say, take no credit. Look at what Barry Switzer said. This is a Hall of Fame college coach, University of Oklahoma. He says, some people are born on third base and go through life thinking they hit a home run or a triple. That's actually a triple, not a home run. And guess what? God could say that to you and me every single day, right? It's like we do something great and and God could literally say, you did that? I put you on third base. I helped you with that home run. You did that. Everybody say, no, Lord, you did that. Hallelujah. Be grateful. You did that, Lord God. 
You did that, Lord God. You did that. You gave me that. You, man, you got me these sneakers. You got it for me, Lord. Thank you. Now let's go to that verse. Here's how to practice this week and the days ahead. Exodus 20, 24. Make an altar of the earth for me. You can notice throughout history, the kings who made altars, altars for themselves ended up derailed. He says, make an altar for me and sacrifice on it your burnt offerings, fellowship offerings, your sheep and goats and your cattle. This is all their great stuff. And he says, wherever I cause my name to be honored, I will come to you and bless you. There's the secret, there's the cycle. Watch the cycle, okay? So God blessed you yesterday. God blesses you today. You stop. Young man, you stop and know the eyes of the king of glory are upon you. And he's watching the same way he watched Noah, the same way he watched Abraham. Young lady who's watching, he watched Abraham, he watched Noah, he watched Isaac, he watched Jacob, he watched Rebecca. Whoever was blessed by God and stopped and said, oh my goodness, look at what he's done for me. Oh, I praise you, Lord. I give you the glory, oh God. He says, wherever I cause my name to be honored and remembered, if you sacrifice to me there, guess what? I'll bless you even more. Even more. I'll give you even more. I will come to you, his person, and I will bless you, his hands. When you have his person and the power of his hands, how many you know? We have everything. We are now officially rich. Hallelujah. So listen. But then it makes the humility a flexibility. On, I'm going to go five minutes over. Sorry, guys. Inflexible or rigid people are the most unhappy. Just take this week. And just note, when people are rigid, unhappy. People who are inflexible, unhappy. You, instead of saying, all right, this is inconvenient, but, but God is good. He'll take care of me. You know, he's going to make something good out of this. When life gives you lemon, make some lemonade. There's that vibe. Or there's what the proverb says. Check out this proverb. These are powerful. When the poor speak they have to be polite. But when the rich answer, they are rude. The poor use entreaties, but the rich answer roughly. What's your spirit like? Do you answer rude? Do you answer roughly? Do you respond to things in this life like, I deserve this? Or do you like... We ordered, I was with Pastor Jake, we ordered... Um, Mushroom and sausage, same place, twice. Pizza, mushroom and sausage. They gave us uh, sausage and artichoke. 
we ordered again, mushroom and sausage. They give us mushroom pepperoni. No, sausage and pepperoni, you know, the meat lovers. You know, that's a great test. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, maybe I'll close with this. I was, you know, one food that I really hate is pickles. I can't even see a pickle on the plate, to be honest with you. And I was with Tommy. My son was shouting, laughing his head off. We went to Chick-fil-A. I said, I want a, the spicy chicken sandwich. No, what? Pickles. Get the stuff, thank you. They're so, I mean, Chick-fil-A is the bomb. I love Chick-fil-A, right? So we drive off. I open it up. What was in there? Two pickles. I was like, ah, I drove back. I was like out of my mind. I get back online. Tommy was like, this is called pickle rage. He's <laughs> laughing his head off. Pluck the pickles off and eat it. It's all good. Everybody say, it's all good. When you look at your life, you can say it's all good. Listen, we're just like blades of grass. We're just like worms. And yet, we can be used for the glory of God. Maybe this is why, I will close with this. Maybe this is why um, Jesus said, Blessed are the children. Uh, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Maybe he said, unless you become like a child, okay, you can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. Here's what it means. Children, it's a lot easier for children to be happy than adults because children don't carry responsibility like we do. Like our brother was saying, Let's go splashing on the rain. Oh, you might get sick. You might get this. You might get that. You might, like, we're thinking about all of the things that can happen if we get wet. Catch a cold. Blah, blah. The kid's not worrying about that. The kid says, this is fun. And mom and dad take care of everything. I got news for you today. You have a dad in heaven, a Holy Spirit who takes care of everything. <laughs>